the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. I am Seth Leibson. Happy Friday, July 1st, 2022. 602-508-0960 is the number. Stunned still by reading what Gallup reported this week, that since they have been measuring it, our state of patriotic fervor has never been lower. The percentage of Americans expressing pride in this country has never been lower. We knew this is where we were headed. For about two and a half years, I've been documenting the downgrading and downmarketing and revising of our patriotism, American history, and our contemporary use of language in the service of such downgrading, downmarketing, and revisionism. Today, President Joe Biden gave the highest civilian award of the United States, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, that which once went to the likes of Neil Armstrong, Jim Lovell, and Lech Walesa, and Martin Luther King Jr., to the first nurse who received a COVID vaccine, Presidential Medal of Honor. As a friend of mine, Jim, put it, we're awarding something to someone who was mandated to take that thing, which regardless did not work. Yes, that is how we honor meritorious conduct on behalf of the United States or world peace now. We seem to be doing the love and happiness of our birthright over our nation now the way, as an old friend Bruce Sanborn once put it, like flies, ants, and mice, which congregate casually to simply fill their temporary passions. But don't we think here there is something to love? And if so, is it not, should it not be eternal and deathless? In other words, are there notions, ideas, principles in our lives and government that outlast a summer's day, a summer, or even all the summers since 1776, Bruce asks, are any of them lovable, enabling man to live in this world under the best conditions befitting a human being and enabling man to apprehend the highest and best for which humans have capacity? The signers of the Declaration of Independence said yes. They declared what the principles are and what the form of government is. They pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to those principles in that form. But what if we miss or let drop from the mind's eye all that we were pledged to from our beginning and which was meant to be eternal, based on natural right and self-evident truths about human beings, equality and freedom? What if we miss or let drop from our collective conscience the idea that man's nature does not change with time or that distinguishes humans from beasts and that bespeak root principles of natural right? If we let that happen, what in the name of God and reason will keep Americans from instituting an alien government, one that treats some men as gods and some as beasts? Herod Jaffa wrote about our bicentennial that we celebrate, that we celebrated in 1976. He wrote a book on it, and he, read, and he wrote the following. We turn as ever upon this weekend to the document which declared our independence, yet we do so, I fear, more in the spirit of those who look wistfully to the past than those who look confidently to the future. In 1776, the United States was, so to speak, nothing, but it promised to become everything. 
Today, the United States, having, in a sense, become everything, promises to become nothing. The American Revolution is not just a study of battles or events from the past, but it was essentially an idea, an idea of political freedom. It is an idea whose successes in the years immediately following the founding prompted Abraham Lincoln to say this, quote, we find ourselves under the government of a system of political institutions conducing more essentially to the ends of civil and religious liberty than any of which the history of former times tells us, close quote. Can we say that today? And if not, why not? The study of an idea requires that we contemplate the events in which it was manifested, and it is to be found in the story of the birth and growth of the polity. It is to be found in those crises, above all the Civil War, in which the life principle of that polity was challenged and its life threatened. But it should also be sought in the way in which the citizens of the Republic have shaped their lives to reflect a principle and shaped their polity to reflect themselves. And so Abraham Lincoln would write years later as follows, quote, All this is not the result of accident. It has a philosophical cause. Without the Constitution and the Union, we could not have attained the result. But even these are not the primary cause of our great prosperity. There is something back of these, entwining itself more closely about the human heart. That something is the principle of liberty to all, the principle that clears the path for all, gives hope to all, and by consequence, enterprise and industry to all. The expression of that principle in our Declaration of Independence was most happy and fortunate. Without this, as well as with it, we could have declared our independence of Great Britain. But without it, we could not, I think, have secured our free government and consequent prosperity. No oppressed people will fight and endure as our fathers did without the promise of something better than a mere change of masters. Close quote. Today, Harry Jaffa puts it that no one would contend that the principle or principles of the Declaration entwine themselves about the hearts of the citizens of this republic. How would it be possible to do so when those principles are not taught or understood or they're taught as irrelevant? At best, such principles are thought of as curiosities of a distant past, where George Washington slept, for instance, as distinct from what he was and did when he was awake. I don't recall being taught what I'm about to give you until I took up the serious study of Lincoln in college and graduate school, but I was imbued with the meaning and sentiment in what I'm about to give you. I was imbued with it from my parents and certainly by the teachers in my classrooms growing up where hung an American flag and where existed a wall with pictures of Washington and Lincoln on them and a day off of school to celebrate their birthdays and not say the birthdays of them along with Millard Fillmore, Richard Nixon, and John Tyler. So allow me to give it, perhaps as but one of many things you may want to take up giving to your children or families this weekend as well. Abraham Lincoln once asked, What are the uses of Fourth of July gatherings? And he answered, We are now a mighty nation. We run our memory back over the pages of history, for about 82 years, and we discover that we were then a very small people in point of numbers, vastly inferior to what we are now, with a vastly less extent of country, with vastly less of everything we deem desirable among men. We look upon the change as exceedingly advantageous to us and to our prosperity, and we fix upon something that happened a way back as in some way or other being connected with the rise of our prosperity. 
We find a race of men living in that day whom we claim as our fathers and grandfathers. They were iron men. They fought for the principle that they were contending for, and we understand that by what they did then, it has followed that the degree of prosperity that we now enjoy has come to us. We hold the annual celebrations to remind ourselves of all the good done in the process of time, how it was done and who did it, and how we are historically connected with it. And we go from these gatherings in better humor with ourselves. We feel more attached the one to the other and more firmly bound to the country we inhabit. In every way, we are better men in the age and race and country in which we live for these celebrations. But after we have done all this, we have not yet reached the whole. There is something else connected with it. We have, besides these men, descended by blood from our ancestors, among us perhaps half our people who are not descendants at all of these men. They are men who have come from Europe, German, Irish, French, and Scandinavian, men that have come from Europe themselves or whose ancestors have come hither and settled here, finding themselves our equals in all things. And if they look back through this history to trace their connection with those days of 1776 by blood, they find they have none. They cannot carry themselves back into that glorious epoch and, or epoch and make themselves feel that they are part of us. But when they look through that old declaration of independence, they find that those old men say that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And then they feel that that moral sentiment taught in that day evidences their relationship to those men, that it is the father of all moral principle in them, and that they have a right to claim it as though they were blood of the blood and flesh of the flesh of the men who wrote that Declaration of Independence. And so they are. That is the electric cord in that declaration that links the hearts of patriotic and liberty-loving men together, that will link those patri heart, patriotic hearts as long as the love of freedom exists in the mind of men throughout the world, close quote. not beautiful? Well, the cord was cut. It was trampled on, and it is trying to be replaced. It's not too late to repair it any more than it was too late to repair it in 1860. I had cause to reread The Devil and Daniel Webster recently. It's a beautiful short story. If you don't know it, check it out online. It's worth rereading. It was written by Stephen Vincent Benet, who also wrote for the Saturday Evening Post, like Will Durant, who we quoted earlier in the week. He wrote Stephen Vincent Benet on the four freedoms as well. Benet's essay was on the painting depicting freedom from fear. In the painting by Norman Rockwell... A father and mother are putting their children to bed, with the father holding a newspaper, whose headline is about Germany bombing England in the Blitz. Here is how Mr. Benet concluded his essay on fear, which was really an essay about its tempering virtue, courage. Quote, We say that those children you see and other children like them all over the world shall grow to manhood and womanhood free from fear. We say that neither their minds nor their bodies shall be cramped or distorted or broken by tyranny and oppression. We say they shall have a chance and an equal chance to grow and develop and lead the lives they choose to lead, not lives mapped out for them by a master. And we say that freedom for ourselves involves freedom for others, that it is a universal right, neither lightly given by providence nor to be maintained by words alone, but by acts and deeds 
and living. We who are alive today did not make our free institutions. We got them from the men of the past, and we hold them in trust for the future. Should we put ease and selfishness above them, that trust will fail, and we shall lose all, not a portion or a degree of liberty, but all that has been built for us and all that we hope to build ourselves. Real peace will not be won with one victory. It can be won only by long determination, firm resolve, and a wish to share and work with other men, no matter what their race or creed or condition and yet we do have the choice. We can have freedom from fear. We can have courage. Here is a house, a woman, a man, their children. They are not free from life and the obligations of life, but they can be free from fear. All over the world, they can be free from fear. And yet we know they aren't free yet. Close quote. Maybe we can take a page from Wordsworth just now and recall that we cannot love what we do not know. So let's take this weekend then to get to know some things. Things, really, as Plato told us all education was, things we used to know. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Few people I look forward to talking uh, with on uh, heading into a weekend like this, uh, more so than my good friend, our good friend, uh, Brian T. Kennedy. He is the chairman in the Committee of the Present Danger China. He is also the president of the American Strategy Group and has been uh, part and parcel of a release of a brand new book that's just out. You can order it on uh, online, any of your f- favorite online booksellers. The CCP, the uh, Communist Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP is at war with America. We're going to talk about that with Brian in a few moments. Brian, welcome back to the show, and happy, uh, happy eve of 4th of July. Thank you, Seth. It's, uh, it's always great to be with you. Brian, uh, before I get into uh, this book that you folks, uh, you and, and and some others released, uh, you did a great YouTube on it with Frank Gaffney and and others, uh, General Boykin. Uh, before we get into that, I, I, I was just uh, talking a little bit about the 4th of July with the audience, and um, I had occasion to revert back to some stuff that was printed in Harry Jaffa's book, How to Think About the American Revolution, including a beautiful intro by a mutual friend of ours, Bruce Sanborn. Anyway, going into this holiday weekend, July 4th, special holiday weekend, your thoughts, uh, any anything on your mind? I'd love to hear them raw, frankly. Well, you know, it, it's a... It's a I've been thinking about this a lot because because I know the rest of my countrymen have been thinking about this. We've never had a moment in American history where the there's been such a divergence between the common sense of the American people and the corruption of our elites. Mm-hmm. You know, especially our political mm-hmm. elites, but also our financial elites. Mm-hmm. There's never been this big a separation. I think the American people are a good people, a decent people, a generous people. They love their families. They love their country. And they have demonstrated time and again that they are willing to fight and die for it. But never have we had a time when the American elite, especially those who are running Washington, D.C. today, have had such uh, apathy 
for the country and just sort of antipathy for the country, really probably better said, that they just don't like the American people. They don't seem to like America, and they seem to want to put us in our place. And I think if, if there's any real takeaway from this Fourth of July weekend, it's that we we really do have to unite as Americans, as citizens, and think of ourselves as citizens again, and what it will take to get Washington right. And I think it, I think that will mean dismantling big government, not big government, not just in the sense that it's it's expensive and big and intrusive, but that it actually doesn't have the interests of the American people at heart. Brian, that's well said, and I think that's important for, you know, maybe shows like this and people like you to keep explaining that and never tire of it because I, I, I sense that people can get worn down by the elite culture when you have, say, an entire political party in a two-party system and I don't know, 25 or 30 percent of the opposition party. You have corporate America. You have the entire education establishment, the entire news establishment, really pretty much uh, with very little exception, entire entertainment and athletic establishment. When they're all sending you message after message day after day of antipathy or dislike, what was your phrase for it, antipathy or hatred for the, the country's values, it's easy to uh, – think that you're the strange one if you don't hold those beliefs. It's easy to think that there's something wrong with the way you think. That's certainly, I think, you know, by design in some respects, but just by implication in others. And I think it's important we remind the American people that while the elites may be sick, we are not a sick country. Fair enough? I I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I I think uh, the American people, as I say, they're they're a good people. Mm -hmm. But man, what they're what we're seeing out of Washington, you know, no matter like for instance, this transgender bill of rights that came out the other day. Mm-hmm. Not to not to mix topics. No, no, no. But, this is part and parcel of it. But you know what? It's a big one, and this was a small segment, uh, a small sec, uh, a small segment. So can I take a quick commercial break and pick up with that with you absolutely. on the other side? We'll talk about that absolutely. in a moment. This is this is a big one: the destruction of the family, and the destruction of human nature from on high. It's surprising me how fast it's gone. We'll talk to Brian Kennedy more about that when we come back. As we go to break, let me put in a word for my friends at Y Refi. I love these guys. If you're looking for a unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, we're talking about a fixed no load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really good people who are doing very well by helping others and doing good for others, and you can too. Check investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Brian Kennedy. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delight to have Brian T. Kennedy with us, president of the American Strategy Group. We're going to get to uh, a book he uh, he has been uh, working on uh, getting out and about. The CCP is at war with America in a few moments. But first, uh, Brian, you were about to talk about an example of the disconnect between uh, the values that 
most generally most Americans generally hold and the values the elites are trying to cram down their throats. You were getting into this new uh, newly crafted transgender bill of rights that the Democrats have proposed. I, sorry, we had to take a break on that, but feel free to take it. From yeah, there. No, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. All, all I really mean by by bringing that up is, is that really the crisis in America today that we should be focusing this much attention on? Mm. I mean, we're, we're practically on the verge of war with uh, communist China. We are doing everything we can to get into a war with Russia in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The economy's gone into recession. Americans are going to start to lose their jobs. We have inflation in, at an unprecedented level in our lifetime, and everything is focused on these cultural issues like, for instance, transgenderism, Mm -hmm. as if that's the crisis of the moment, Mm -hmm. when most clearly it's not. And it's not like, you know, we we find, you know, transgender people being, you know, hunted down on the street and persecuted and everything else. If anything, in our society, they're, they're... celebrated more than any time in our history. Brian, do you think think that it's a case of fiddling while Rome is burning, or do you think that to them this is as important as everything you outlined? We can add a record number of drug overdose deaths. We can add uh, a a totally insecure border. Because it seems to me a tell was was revealed during the BLM riots of 2020 – when their curricula talked and spoke of disrupting the traditional American family. And uh, you look at some of these things that they think are important that may or may not have anything to do with a particular race's rights, but they have something to do with us being human beings and us being Americans. And it seems like an awfully odd thing that this is what they are spending so much time on which makes me think they think it's more important than everything else you identified. You know, that that's quite possible, or it's just a kind of gaslighting. Okay. That they, they simply want to distract from whatever else is going on in this world and tell you that this matters most. Mm-hmm. It's almost, as, in, in, but in a way, they're kind of bullies, too. They, they, kind of, they, they do want to tell you, yeah, sure, the economy's not so great, but that's just, you know, that's not really as important as this other thing, like transgenderism, for instance. As if anybody's going to believe that. I mean, I don't know anybody who believes that. As I say, Americans have a pretty healthy live-and-let-live attitude. Yeah, and yes. They're, and, and they're really worried about, you know, their, their families and their lives and the economy, the way normal people typically have. And, and now they're being told this other thing really matters the most and it's it's a kind of bizarre world we're living in where the power of the media and the government to tell us that rea- the, the reality we're seeing with our own eyes isn't really going on or even if it is going on it doesn't really matter remember early I, on in the, in the barack obama administration you and i i remember exactly where we were we were walking uh, walking through dupont circle in washington dc we were taking a break or on our way to lunch or something and we were talking about whether it was appropriate or not to call the president of the united states a marxist or a communist and i think we 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 thought the better of it at that time 
Uh, I don't know that I think the better of it at this time uh, anymore. I really don't. When I look at the kinds of things, I mean, the idea of disrupting the family and using the education system to do so, that's right out of the Communist Manifesto, Chapter 2. We, You know where Tucson, Arizona is. You've been to Tucson. The Pima, Pima County is where Tucson is. The Pima County Democratic Party put out a tweet about two hours ago with a sign that says, let's mourn and F the 4th, 7 p.m., Reed Park. F the 4th, except they didn't say F the 4th. They spelled out the four letters of it. That's your Tucson, Pima County Democratic Party, along with the kind of stuff you're talking about. I'm te- I, 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 this, this, you know, this, this to me, could, they're screaming communism at us. I can say something they about are. that on the other they're, side of this break. Or we can use it to wend our way into what the Communist Party of China is doing to us and them as well. One more short segment here. We have a nice long one coming up with Brian T. Kennedy, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to have Brian Kennedy with us. He is the uh, chairman of the Committee of Present Danger China. Brian, I was just making a point about Marxism in America. Feel free to say something about it if you want, or if you want to use it as a segue to talk about this brand spanking new book, The CCP is at War with America. Take it however you'd like, uh, whichever direction you want to go, and and maybe even they meld a little bit. Yeah, I think they do actually meld. They they actually meld quite a bit, uh, because what we're seeing in this country is a very strong move communism. And if we would have said that 30 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, if you would have said, oh, come on, that's over the top, you really don't mean it. I mean, what, what's going on there? But in fact, I think these folks genuinely believe in communism. They don't believe in constitutional government. They don't believe in free market capitalism. They don't believe in the rights of the individual. They don't believe in the family. They don't believe that there's a common good. And they're driving our country really over the cliff. I do think, like the communists, they want to break the country and then remake it into something else. And that something else is not, as I say, the constitutionalism of the American founders, but a Marxist communist vision of the world and everything that entails. That has been taught in schools for the better part of 50 years, 100 years. And, you know, it's just hard to come up with any other conclusion when you see what they say and what they do witness what the the Biden administration is is doing around the country and what's going on 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 the state level. Now, in that regard, we we have our greatest enemy of all time, which is the Chinese Communist Party which is itself very active in the United States. You mentioned the BLM riot Mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. Well, the Chinese Communist Party was sponsoring the BLM riot. No kidding. You know, I mean, mean, they they had the Chinese spend around 13 to 16 billion dollars a year on foreign intelligence and uh, information operations here in the United States. No kidding to try to influence how we think about things. Now, think about that number. Let's use the loan number, $13 billion. Okay. That's a lot of money okay. to throw into operations to influence how we think. Oh, yeah. The greatest 
the greatest single act that they have done has really been to bring COVID-19 to the United States. Mm -hmm. And, And this new book by members of the Committee on the Present Danger, China, and published by the Center for Security Policy, is really trying to get at the origins of COVID-19 and what actually transpired. Because in May of 2019, there was, a, there was a declaration by the Chinese Communist Party in the People's Daily newspaper, and it was a People's War declaration by the CCP. And they were warning the people of China that war was going to happen between the CCP and the United States, that they ought to prepare for it, and that over the future, they were going to have to make sacrifices regarding all that. And they did it because President Trump had the temerity to hold the Chinese to account for the theft of intellectual property. And that's when they declared the People's War within six months. COVID-19 was spreading throughout China. They locked down China, but allow COVID-19 through all the the hundreds of thousands of people who were leaving communist China for both Europe and the United States. They allowed COVID-19 to spread to the United States and to inflict the amazing amount of both loss of life, but economic and political damage to the United States. And in this country, we have yet to hold them to account for that. Our intelligence community itself has yet to acknowledge that, right? We talk around it in a variety of ways, but the effort by this group of authors was to lay down a marker for any American citizen who cares about their future, that this came to us from the Chinese Communist Party. This was created in a laboratory. It leaked out of that laboratory, either intentionally or unintentionally, but without a doubt, they allowed it to spread to the United States, causing, causing, as I say, a million deaths, more than a million deaths, but the destruction of both our economic and our political order. And maybe our mental health, too. The name of the book is The CCP is at War with America. I'll let you say something about that. I wanted wanted to just quote you from the press conference you hosted with Frank Gaffney and General Boykin and others, because you said something I've been saying about a lot of things lately, and you're absolutely right. I think I wrote your downs, your word, I think I wrote your words down correctly. There's an intellectual corruption going on Whereas a report like this has to come out from a private entity rather than the government. I agree with you, Brian. I agree with you. The government should be telling us these things, not nonprofits who, you know, don't have the access and resources that the government has. I mean, granted, you have a lot of resources, a lot of ex-government officials involved here. But there is an intellectual corruption to that. And moral corruption as well. Yes, that we that that we that that we do not treat the American people like citizens who were responsible enough to be told the truth mm-hmm. and to and to act accordingly. Because right now we are arguing we're at war with the Chinese Communist Party. We need to act in kind, and it's not it's not even about punishing them for what they've done. It's preparing in the future. They should be punished for what they've done, certainly economically. But we need to stop immediately in having U.S. investors invest in communist China. And it's being, I mean, right now on Wall Street, trillions of dollars 
have gone to and are continuing to go to communist China from the retirement funds of everyday working Americans. That on the one hand. Second, we need to, we need to start manufacturing in this country again. Anything, anything from clothes to electronic goods to get this number, 80% of our pharmaceuticals, the, the active pharmaceutical ingredients that goes in our medicine, are produced in communist China. Incredible. Incredible. Which is utterly incredible. And we're, 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 you know, we're becoming a country that is almost entirely dependent on communist China for our future economic welfare. And that's unacceptable. We're America. We can't let that happen to us. We should be making these things here in this country. We should be creating American jobs. We should be making sure we have the kind of defense that makes sure the communist Chinese don't think that we can be conquered. Today we're showing a lot of signs of weakness, both moral, intellectual, economic, strategic, and that simply has to stop. And it's only going to stop until we, you know, when we elect better people to office and can wake up the American people that this is actually going on, and this book is a humble effort to try to bring these facts to the American people. Um, and, you know, if you go to presentdangerchina.org, you can find the, um, the webinar we did on this. If you go to anywhere you buy books, you can, you can, you can get the book. It's the kind of thing that is written by some top-level people, Dr. Stephen Hatfield was one of the top scientists in the United States who's been examining COVID. Ambassador Pete Hoekstra was on the, the uh, Intelligence Committee when he was in Congress. There's a lot of great writers and thinkers who produce this, but it's written for citizens and for policymakers. And I just think it couldn't come at a more important time given the precarious nature we find ourselves in with communist China. You're absolutely right, Brian. Let me give the name of the book one more time. The CCP is at war with America, and this is published by the Center for Security Policy. The CCP is at war with America. Brian, before you go, you want to give out your website one more time, which is just as easy to access that book in the press conference? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Pre- uh, present. DangerChina.org. PresentDangerChina.org. 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 Well, Brian Kennedy, I love visiting with you. Uh, I love hearing from you. Um, I think that people will ignore the kinds of things you're saying at our country's peril. And uh, perhaps this can be a, a weekend where we all think about a declaration of independence, where we start taking the defense, the moral and intellectual and physical military defense of our country more seriously than we do other countries. Brian, always good to be in touch. Thank you for everything you are and everything you do. God bless us. Thank you very much. You Thanks for all be- you do. You betcha. I know you're in the business of uh, teaching students. You've got a bunch of students uh, you've got uh, on hold that you did for this radio interview. Uh, so thank you for sharing with uh, my audience your thoughts. Now go back and help those students, help those precious kids, Brian. Bless you. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. This weekend, uh, their uh, ultra-marathoner, Tom Jones, who's done 76 marathons in 76 days, will end up in Utah raising uh, awareness of American history 
raising awareness for American pride. It's that kind of company that's sponsoring him and that kind of an event, but they also make the best product I've ever taken, which is the Balance of Nature fruits and veggies. You can get them yourself at balanceofnature.com. Pure, potent plant power keeps your energy up, your immunity boosted, and your health in great shape. I take it every single day. Balanceofnature.com. Use discount code Balance. George Kaloff's coming up. We're going to talk to him about politics uh, in Arizona and America. Again, incredible, incredible that the Pima County Democratic Party would put out a tweet that uh, is a poster uh, celebrating a uh, uh, an event tomorrow night at 7 p.m. in Tucson titled F the Fourth, except they use the entire word F. They use the four letters, the fourth. Um when the Democrats say we don't want our patriotism questioned, we don't have to question it. You're telling us that you've buried it in the ground and poured salt all over it. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.